Blog Talk Radio. Good, beautiful Saturday, everyone. Welcome to One Love Rising on Blog Talk Radio. I am here, your co-host, Tiny Little, with Bob Challenger. Hi, Bob. How are you today? Howdy, Heidi. I'm wonderful. Thank you. Beautiful, Bob. And we have John Burgess on the show today. He is a personal friend of mine and a companion in ceremonial work. John is a pipe ceremony facilitator, and he also works with the Archangels. John Burgess, welcome to One Love Rising. How are you today? Hello. I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, it's wonderful to have you on the show, finally. I can't believe it took this long, actually. (laughs) Yay. John, I always start the top of the show off like this. Tell us, please, what you feel and think about oneness. What does oneness mean to you? Oneness means everything. It's actually the the whole nutshell of everything that's been coming through from spirit for for quite some time. And that's everything. Everything is all connected. You've been hearing that for so long. Um, Oneness is about everything. It's about emotional, physical, psychic, spiritual, energetic, and astronomical uh, unity. So I could spend hours just talking about oneness. Well, you feel free to tell us whatever you want because we're trying to make sure people get the point and they understand and that they're hearing the authenticity of each person that we bring on the show. And uh, each show is so unique and amazing. John, tell us, please, about um, your ceremonial work. How long have you been doing that for and what does it mean to you? I have been doing, been involved in Native American ceremony for about 30 years. Um I, you know, I come, like most of us, come from a Judeo-Christian background. And even though that was part of my, my core when I was young, I also, you know, about 43 years ago, discovered yoga and meditation. I've been long-term practitioner of, of yoga and meditation. And that led me to a deeper inner connectivity. But all along, ever since I was a child, I've always felt a connection with uh, the Native American world. And even though... There's no direct um, information in my family about about family lineage. I'm pretty sure that there is some bloodline uh, there. But anyway, about 30 years ago, I was having some inner experiences, strong inner experiences, that um, I didn't have an interpretation, and I went to some friends of mine who were involved in Native American ceremony, and they kind of laughed at me, and I said, well, why are you laughing? And they said, well, it looks like Spirit has invited you to get more involved with the ceremony. It's a personal choice. But, um, and then they told me, you know, that here's some things that you could, you could think about doing. So I started attending sweat lodges and Native American pipe ceremonies and discovered a real connection. And I apprenticed with some people, with some lineage, um, some elders, and became what's called a pipe carrier back in 1989. And I've been doing it ever since. And I've been doing both personal, private, and healing work, as well as public ceremony ever since. And it's a, you know, I still do my prayer work. I do my other spiritual stuff. But there's something unique about the connectivity that I feel with the ceremony that is still pristine, clear, vibrant, and active. And people ask me from time to time, well, why are you doing these 2,000, 3,000-year-old ceremonies? Isn't that old? I said, nope, it's very current. It's totally current. 
Um, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. It is totally current. I've experienced with it, with you, with it. And, and um, speak, can you tell us about of, the pipe? Uh-huh. Uh, I just want a final thing. Speaking about current, yeah. when uh-huh. we, we are participating in the ceremony, the, the pipe is basically a traveling altar. It is a way to connect our hearts and our minds with um, great spirit, great mystery, whatever other name you use to describe that that force that guides, governs, and directs all the laws of nature in the universe. And this, these ceremonies are thousands of years old. Um, to, the, to the Native Americans, this was their holy of holies, the most sacred ceremony. And what it amounts to, there is a bowl, generally, generally a mineral, a clay, which is the receptive uh, aspect of the altar. Uh, it's a feminine, the sim- symbology is the feminine, the receptive. And then there's generally a stem, which is some aspect of wood, which represents the masculine, or the standing, which we call the trees. When the two are t- joined together, they represent the totality, the wholeness of creation, the oneness, if you will, of creation. And so what we do when we do a pipe ceremony is we're putting our intentions, our heartfelt prayers and intentions into a, a mix, a tobacco mix, a blend of, of sacred herbs. It can be organic tobacco. It could be a lot of different things. They had their own blends. And when we light that pipe and make offerings to the four directions, the when it's transmuted from the physical form into the smoke, the, um, the essence of those prayers are taken to the spirit realm and the spiritual hierarchy takes it where it needs to go for, for answering the prayers. But the, the critical thing for most people is we don't, we don't inhale because the smoke is not for us. It's for great spirit. So it's a way yeah. to, it's a ceremonial, a very sacred ritual way of putting our intentions, our prayers out to, to great mystery. That's so beautiful, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, to the oneness, to everything. It is so wonderful to sit in ceremony with John, and it's very powerful. Um, the last thing uh, that we did together was out at Lotus Bend Sanctuary in Austin, Texas. Just so everybody knows, for our listeners, John is located in Austin, Texas. He does do some traveling, and uh, I'm sure you could twist his arm and make sure he's taken care of to come and host your ceremonies. Um, as it fits in with his life and love, uh, but he is a force, a force to be felt for sure and experience. I love you, John. I think you're wonderful. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yay, my pleasure. Hey, Bob, have you got any questions for John regarding pipe ceremony or any of the work that we've discussed so far? Well, I would certainly like to talk uh, to uh, find out more information uh, more than anything. Because I, too, although I have not had the uh, training that you have had, John, um, and I certainly don't, I, I, I know, we, and both, Heidi and I have a very good friend, friend called Carol Blodgett. You may have heard of her, too. She's the water walker, and she hmm. is a pipe carrier. And, hmm. uh, but it's wonderful to hear the intentions uh, when, you, um, when you send the smoke up to great spirit. So... Uh, but I'm 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 heavily involved with the indigenous people in my area here, and well, actually all over, but particularly in uh, southern Ontario, Ottawa. Hmm. Yay Great. for healing and love and light! Yay! Okay, beautiful, beautiful. 
Um, John, you've been working with some angels for quite some time. On your bio, Archangel Raphael has been somebody you've been working with. And I know from us having our conversations that you're now working with Archangel Michael. Did you want to dive into some of that? Oh, my God, that's a four-hour conversation. Uh, <laughs> yes. um, well, um, so back in, 19, in the late 80s, I started learning several healing modalities. Reiki is one of them, and I'm a Reiki master. And that's what I, when I'm not doing remodeling and custom woodworking, that's what I do. I'm also the director of a, of a program called the Community Healing Circle, where I gather healers together once a month for a specific healing event. But um, in addition to the Reiki, a friend of mine was uh, teaching an Archangel Raphael technique. And it involved, it's similar to Reiki in a sense of the word, in terms of their symbols and some other invocations. And I did that for a while, and basically I realized that it just kind of merged with my my regular Reiki practice. So I don't even really give it a second thought. I just know it's there. I feel it's there. And for years, ever since the early 90s, I had been, I thought that I had been very active with my my connection with the angels. Every day I invoke what I call my God squad, which is Archangel Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and Uriel. And um, then about four years ago, I started having some rather unique direct experiences that very vividly <laughs> showed me that I was being passive because uh, I started having some direct experiences with Archangel Michael. And I realized after now, after about four years of receiving transmissions that that connection has been there probably ever since I was eight years old. I just didn't recognize the signs of it. Um, so <laughs> as, a, as a result of all this, I'm actually writing a, a book right now about these transmissions and the messages that, that hopefully will be shared as quickly as possible. That is so beautiful and That's, very exciting. I wanted to support you in that work. That's really great work. Um, a lot of people know about Doreen Virtue. She's a woman mm-hmm. who deals with the right. angelic realm. And, uh, you know, I know Bob, Bob, Bob has done some work with Archangels also, and so have some of our friends. But insofar as men um, actually writing and talking about um, Archangel connections and communications, you're the first one that I really know of. So... Hmm. I'm really excited to get behind your work there. And I applaud your um, sharing and the vulnerability and the openness and the beautiful heart space that it takes to put something like that out into the world. So I just want you to know I really think that it's a wonderful contribution. I'm looking forward to reading it myself and sharing it widely as possible. Also, is there any... um, particular messages you'd like to share on perhaps oneness or unity or how to come together uh, that you recall? Uh, actually, yeah, I do. Actually, uh, uh, a lot. So cut me off if I go too far. Cause I mean, there's, I, love um, Thank you. Uh, the, I mean, the very, very first, very first message that came through was, um, and this is to everybody, not just to me personally, when you're born, you don't remember, you don't remember who you are where you came from, what you're connected to, what you're capable of. And most humans spend the majority of their life doing a mad, wild, crazy dance in the outer world of destruction to eventually and hopefully fall back into the center of themselves 
and find what was there all along, deeply buried within the center of their heart. That is their inseparable connection with divine source. That's the very first the very first thing that was shared with me. And the other thing is that, um, and I'm not sure if I can talk this and not tear up, because every time I, I feel the connection with Archangel Michael, I get into this very humble, very um, interesting space emotionally, because it comes to the heart. And he said, everything that you experience in life is a gift of love from Creator, even your hardships. All your, all your friends that you know, all your loves, regardless of what state they're in, they're a gift of love. Because on one level or another, they inspire you, force you, motivate you back into the center of your being where you go on a path to discover the true self, your connectivity, and oneness. And um, that's a pretty loaded statement, really, but it's very, very true. And... One of the things for, for quite some time I would ask inside is, so what's, if I'm talking with people, what's the message? And for a while it was, what the world needs most right now is an increase of love, compassion, and empathy. Uh, so things are, things are so, a lot of people don't understand the intensity of what's going on in the world right now. Um, and it's not, not one person can, can do anything about it. We all have to connect and, and form a new empowered we, a state of we consciousness. And he said, this is why we're here. We're here to help you find your way back to oneness. We're, help, we're here to help you find your way back into creating that state of we and a collaborative expression of compassion, love, and empathy. So that's been there for quite some time. However, in addition to that, what's been happening the last year and a half is um, the quest for tranquility and inner peace. And he said, it's not possible for most people to entertain a more refined state of awareness because we're always distracted. We have internet, we have cell phones, we have all the cacophony of everything going on around us. And it's not possible for the distracted mind to really settle down into a deeper state to really experience that unless you have some practice to create tranquility and inner peace. So um, I've been asked to do whatever I can to help people find peace, tranquility, and help them open up their heart to more compassion, love, and empathy. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Oh, that is so beautiful. Oh, I love that everything, even the challenges, is God sending us love. And I've really been feeling that, too, you know, even with, like, car troubles and whatnot. It's like, okay, can you get over the fact that you have to deal with the car troubles and it's going to cost you money and get into the space instead of, I have enough. This isn't even something that needs to be a big deal. And getting into that feeling space that it's okay instead of it Mm -hmm. being this issue right? That it's okay. Right. And as it is okay, then we can be open and attract more of what's okay. You know? And that's, that's that gift of love, right, John? That you're talking about. Right. That's that... Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's actually that. more to that. There's, there's, there's more to that, and that is um, there really is an experience of magic in, in life. 
And mm-hmm. it happens when, when we surrender our need to control everything and fall mm-hmm. back into whatever state of trust and faith that we can muster up and allow the creative forces to work that wants to work with us, through us, in us, in, in the relative world. Uh, so that right. that requires a sometimes a pretty big leap of faith, but um, sure. it's something we can we can practice. But again, going back to this oneness thing, the theme of of this we, um, there's been this inspiration to we all all of us are doing the best we can. Um, mm-hmm. But when we join together in like-minded groups, we magnify the strength of our individual light. And um, we increase the, our capacity to do good in the world. And so the inspiration or the, the uh, invitation, if, if you will, is for us all, mm-hmm. regard, regardless of what we're doing, is let's see who we can gather together in a group, two to three to four or whatever. And whatever our goal is, if we just need support to just talk about stuff, now's the time. Now's the time mm-hmm. to to tap into our ability to share and collaborate to create this, this new spark of, of magical oneness that actually has the ability to, to work wonders in the world. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. Um, okay, and, and I just said... want to yeah, excuse me, add, um, you know, the reality of the fact that we live in a multidimensional quantum universe and that our, we have been brought up from birth to live in 3D. And so we have, it's quite difficult for many of us to grasp the concept of multidimensional energy and what's going on. But what I understand from this is like what, what uh, Karen, um, Karen Palmer says, I love her statement for, for letting the universe work out our problems. It's, Forget the how and expect the wow. And I mm-hmm. support mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's I, I will just add to that if you don't mind. Um, the intellect is a wonderful tool, but it's not possible for, for one intellect to be able to understand and c- compute all the intricacies of universal order. That's up, like, you, like she says, that's up to the universe. Our our mission is to allow ourselves to surrender into trusting that, and then let that other magic unfold. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting thing, um, just the vulnerability of all of it. You know, like in our relationships, when we're when we're interacting with people, allowing our heart space out into the world and sharing the gifts that we've been given takes this trust and a faith and a vulnerability and a, and a courage, I suppose, you know. I think that's where the warriorism really comes from is, is, is mm. that, you know, being courageous yep. and warrior enough to just allow yourself to be seen mm. for who you really are and what gifts you really have and how you can relate with others, yes? Yes, yes. And part of that mm-hmm. is um, mm-hmm. I was just getting something earlier. If you could see yourselves as we see you, most of your fears, insecurities, self-doubt, and self-loathing would be transmuted into compassion toward yourself and others, increased tolerance, mm. empathy, 
love and a greater ease and forgiving. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yes, yes, I'm I, all for that. One day, one one day, I was in a sauna a couple of years ago, and I heard this statement: "Will you allow yourself to be loved?" I said, "Well, sure." He said, "Not by another person, but by yourself first, then by mm-hmm. us." by the one mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. I broke down and cried because I realized I'd been holding myself so tight I wasn't allowing myself to love myself Aww. and I was I was blocking actually a lot of a lot of stuff yeah I've been there well, I've well, done you know, that tour I've yeah. done that tour <laughs> yes well you know I think that's a, an extremely common um, condition with uh, light workers, if I can call ourselves that, um, mm-hmm. that we have been working. I don't know how old you are, John. I'm 74, and uh, I know something about Heidi's age. But I know that in all the time up until 2012, <laughs> I was cute. working in an old energy that I didn't win. I won sometimes, but it wasn't always successful. And so mm. I was carrying the guilt of that. But now mm-hmm. I understand it, and I understand that, that what you just mentioned, John, is the most important thing for us to be able to do is to accept ourselves, be compassionate with our lives, and to love ourselves, and that's exactly what I've been working on because I went through a lot of uh, difficulties. But uh, I've, it's been 30 years and uh, um, 10 months and 24 days since I my life changed on the beach in Acapulco. I won't get into that now, but later maybe I'll talk to you about it. That's a beautiful story. Um, mm, mm. I think I think that uh, Bob, you should probably tell the story. <laughs> it's not long. Oh, well. It's like thirty seconds. Tell the story. Well, you know, the short version could be, yeah. Um, okay, so. Um, okay, so. Uh, the end of 1986, December 86, uh, I, I actually owned, I opened the largest REMAX real estate office in North America. Hmm. Uh, and uh, in, in the mid-80s. And by 19, uh, the early, more like 84, I think, or 83, pardon me, 83. So, and it took me till the end of 86 before I felt I was making enough money to take a vacation with my family. So... Uh, <clears throat> And this was so. Anyway, I decided to uh, take my wife and three children down to Mexico, and, and I'd never been there before. And uh, I bought a book at the airport. No, I didn't. I bought it downtown Toronto at the uh, the Omega Center, called the Planetary Commission. The the book was was called the Planetary Commission, and it was the, the author of that was John Randolph Price, who is uh, the head of the Cordes Foundation. And uh, the book was not very thick at all. It was very thin. And it had two two basic parts to it. Uh, the first part of the book was what was going on on the planet when John Randolph Price wrote the book of all the problems. My God. Here we were, countdown one minute to midnight for the end of the earth because of all the missiles pointed east to west and west to east and, and the pollution and the famine and all the problems, many of which we still have. But it was worse then. And so anyway, I was aware of that. I had been watching the news. And um, so the first half of the book. Anyway, 
Um, I took the book down with me uh, to Acapulco, uh, where my uh, my wife is a school teacher, so that's the best time of year to go. She's on holiday, and we went to the Hyatt Regency, and uh, with my three children. And so I bought the book with me, and and uh, I, I read it thoroughly, actually several times because it was profound. So the first half of the book, I didn't have to read that again. I knew what that was about. But the second half of the book. Uh, was all about how he was proposing a situation that I thought was amazing uh, and that I was certainly going to participate in it. So what what his proposal was this, that um, uh, if you wanted to help make the world a better place, come together in prayer and meditation on December 31st at noon Greenwich time all over the world. So... Um, and, 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 and my, the second half of the I we talked a lot more about how the benefit, the benefit of us coming together and working with one another and all like really Barbara Marks Hubbard's, um, philosophies as well, you know, uh, her philosophy with global family is to bring the world from separation and fear to unity and love. And so anyway, that was really the second half of the book is all about the benefits of coming together and, and working together instead of competing with each other. And so, um, so, so he suggested, or he said, well, the time is going to be December 31st at noon Greenwich time, and, which was in Acapulco was 6 a.m. where I was. And at the back of the book, there was a one-page contract that said basically something like, um, actually, because I, I've actually eaten all that, that information online, so I, I have copies of it. But it basically says, uh, if you want to make the, the world a better place and you have something you can add, do with your talents, your resources, your time, your passion, uh, please do so. And uh, and, and he, one, he said resources. I said, hmm, that's pretty good. I just started making quite a bit of money. <laughs> so anyway, I signed the contract. On the night before, which was December 30th, signed the contract and said, I'm in. And he asked if, in the book if he could mail it in to him um, as well, but I didn't do that. I was on holiday, and I didn't think it was important. Anyway, so I went to bed uh, with the intention of going down at uh, at early enough, around 5.30, to, uh, to join in on this meditation with the rest of the people of the world. So uh, I uh, I went down as close as I could to the uh, and the Hyatt Regency uh, at they have workmen that use uh, they they grade the uh, sand boards and ropes to uh, make the, gra- the the when you come down in the morning the sand is perfectly smooth there's no footprints or anything so anyway I, that's part of the story that you you'll see at the end but anyway uh, why that's important. But anyway, so I went down as close to the water as I could, and I got a chaise lounge down there to sit in that was overlooking the water. And uh, I uh, got into the uh, lounge. I meditate generally um, with my legs straight out and my back straight when I can. Um, uh, Anyway, so uh, I I got into a meditation um, shortly after, or I guess it was right at 6, and well, let me uh, let me tell you a little bit about my my history as a child first. Uh, and, um, 
40 years before that, when I was three or four years old, I was a fire starter. I was a terrible child for my parents' discipline because I was fascinated by fire. I would steal matches and I would go outside and and I would strike them and, and burn anything that would burn, you know, and I got severe punishment for that. And my mother, my dad never touched me, but my mother, you know, she was really worried about the dangers of playing with fire. So whenever I did that, she would find me, and I would receive these incredible beatings uh, to, to, you tell, to, you know, to get me to stop. And, and, I, and I would always say, okay, okay, I'll stop. But oh, I never Bob. did. Oh, and, so, and, and so, and so, and so... But during and, and so I couldn't get to sleep after these beatings. I was in pain and 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 I was in turmoil. And then suddenly, John and Heidi, this loving presence, surround uh, me, would surround me and say, mm-hmm. "Don't yep. worry, Bob. It's going to be all right." So mm. that happened to me dozens of times when I was a child, and it mm. didn't happen to me until again. December 31st on the beach in Acapulco. Hmm. I went into my meditation and I, I was instantly, well, I, I don't know how long it took, but instantly I was out of my body and I was told, here's the words I was given as I remember them. Don't worry, Bob. It's going to be all right. And we want to show you something. Hmm. And so I was shown two things, John, two scenarios, rather, two scenarios uh, that were different. The first scenario was me being in an environment where there's humans living. And... I'm not, well, once I was told there's something we want to show you, I didn't receive any communication. I was just observing. And so anyway, so I, I'm, I was shown where humans were living in the worst possible conditions you could imagine. And it ranged from the small rural areas to, you know, small towns, villages, cities, big cities, giant cities. I don't know how many places, but it showed. So I was shown these... I wasn't just shown, John. I was there. I was there. I was, I mm-hmm. was invisible. I could smell things. So I you, could hear things. You, you experienced it. So I get the streets at one place. Anyway, I kind of figured out this was Earth, but I didn't know it because our form apparently is the most common form in the universe. This could have been another planet. I didn't know. But anyway, at the end of that, boom. Like that. i in another environment. And here I am. And it's beautiful. I, people are playing. The environment's pristine. There's none of the problems that there was in the first one. And the interesting thing to me was there were no powered vehicles in that second vision. Mm. Suddenly, I'm back in my body, and I was told four things. The first one, the first one, the first vision that was shown was, in fact, the planet that day, and some of the worst places where people live. 
And then the second vision I was shown was our my planet, our planet in the future. Which was a little hard to figure out back in eighty six, so that could be well well, I I I know the prophecies are that we're gonna do that. Um so the third thing they told me this would happen during my lifetime. And that's mm. where I had trouble thinking how the heck is that gonna happen? I don't intend to live a few hundred years. And then they told me this that I would have uh, a major pivotal role in helping to make this happen. So, as I'm, and I'm, you know, I'll come back, I'm sobbing to start with. As soon as I came out of my out of body experience, I was sobbing because of what I'd been shown. It was like so emotional. And I was sobbing and um, sitting in the lounge, and still I couldn't move, I couldn't move at all. And so, but anyway, I made a question in my mind, John, after I was told those four things, something like, okay, I'm in, what can I do to help make this happen? And out of nowhere, over my left shoulder, this pure white bird flies by me. I could feel the wind as it went over beside me and landed about 10 or 15 feet, uh, hard to me to tell, sitting in a lounge, on that groomed sand. And it started to do something unusual. It started walking around very slowly in the sand, and I, I could, um, and because I, I couldn't get up to see, <clears throat> I wasn't sure what it was doing, but it was moving around slowly. It took three or four minutes, and it uh, looked like it might have been doing something, you know, in the sand. So after it did that, it got up. It, I mean, it didn't get up. It flew away over towards the water. So a couple of minutes later, I had the strength to get up, and. Um, over and look at what the bird had done in that room sand, John. And what it had done, it had made a perfect heart. Ah. Which was the answer to my question, what can I do to make this happen? Hmm. It was, um, hmm. So I went back to Toronto, <laughs> took a sabbatical for my company, and told them, listen, I need to take time off. I, you know, make them lots of money, and I want them to put money back into community and... Uh, uh, I want to take a sabbatical and find out where that can best be used, my time, energy, and resources. And so mm-hmm. I actually never went back to work. <laughs> I spent uh, from January of 87 to October of 88 <clears throat> doing uh, a research of what had to be done, and everything kept coming up. It was the environment. And mm-hmm. so uh, within, um, it's a long story, but I, I met, the, the, anyway, I ended up moving down to California and living with Barbara Max Hubbard, who, who was at that time and still is talking about the exact the same thing you talked about, John, about how people can make a difference. It's by coming together and sharing, and she called them in, in the old days core groups, but we call them hubs now. People coming right. together in small communities. Now they, in those days, of course, it's before the Internet. You know, we would be coming together in physical form, but now we can come together Virtually as well as physical, of course, physical is mm-hmm. far more powerful. Anyway, yes. so I talked mm-hmm. enough now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen. Thanks for listening. Oh, Bob, what a story. That's be- be- beautiful story. So, so you're, I think you're talking about the harmonic convergence. Well, harmonic convergence was a few months after that, right. 
Yes, so, uh, it, was, um, it, was, uh, it was October yeah, 16, 1787, yes. Yeah, some, some, I, yeah I, have, I have my own personal story about the harmonic convergence, actually, if you don't mind, Heidi. Um, Absolutely, I was in I, I was in my, my meditation community in, in Iowa, where 3,000 of us all practiced the same form of meditation, and uh, a very powerful light work in the community, knowing about the harmonic convergence and the intention, we gathered together about 100 people in this open field and did a group meditation, which is very powerful. And um, on the way there, I saw these incredible magical rainbows with extra colors in them. And I said, okay, something's really up today. <laughs> There's just some sparkle, extra, extra, extra sparkle in the air. And so I'm just, I just, I just get lost in this meditation and uh, I just lost all thought and everything. And, and for just a microsecond, an angel shows up in front of me. And it is, we are both surprised that we see each other. I mean, the reaction from from the angel side was, "How are you able to see me?" You know, and, <laughs> and then then I, I I was so enamored with it, I I, I broke it broke my awareness. So I wasn't able to see anything more. But it stayed has riveted in my awareness ever since then. And um, I I saw more in that than I thought I did, and that stayed with me ever since. And there was a that feeling that you talked about when you had that experience on the beach uh, reminded me of something that in, any of us who are Judeo-Christian background, we've certainly heard many, many stories from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Whenever the angels would show up, the very, very first thing they would say to the humans is, be at peace, do not be afraid. And, yeah. um, and that's always been my kind of felt sense indicator when I know I'm, I'm in angelic presence is I don't feel afraid. I, I, not only do I feel a tremendous wave of peace, but a love that is so pure, so intense, so rich, that it just tends to melt everything else away. And it's almost like it brings me to my knees. And that's, that's the very core energy of the, of the Michael energy all the time. So I'm, I'm aware of when that's present. And I... I uh, very clear that what you, what you had was a very strong angelic presence in your experience there, very strong. Well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I I I I totally changed my life. I, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I hear that totally. I hear, I hear that totally. And, and, yeah, and, you're, and it, it, it's every day since January of '87, right after this experience, I ask myself a question like that. You know, for the highest good of all, what's the best use of my time, energy, resources, and methods? The knowledge, skills, wisdom, and imagination that I have, um, mm. and that's and I follow it intensely, and that's how I came mm. to meet Heidi and now you, by God. Do you know Heidi um, uh, Sasha White up in Austin a lot? Do you ever hear of Sasha White, John? Astara. Yeah, Astara. Yes. Yeah, well, she and I are really good friends. We put okay. on the first campaign to the Earth Conference in Sedona, Arizona. So, hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, we're dear friends. More than that at one time. But anyway, that's enough of that. Okay. Oh, yay. <laughs> Romance and love. Let's all have more of that. Romance and love. That <laughs> yeah. sounds good. Yeah. You know, yeah. all the people that I'm flying with right now, everybody's done all their self-love work, and they're all tapped in, tuned on, working it all out. And now it's like, okay. And then some of us have found our beloveds and others are still, you know, loving everyone, rambling around. 
dancing around, and some, flying around. Some of us are some of us are recycling others to to find our beloveds. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very nice way of framing that, John. Um, okay, great. So, wow. I mean, the power of these shows is just such an honor to be a part here with you, John Burgess from Austin, Texas, and Bob Challenger over. I always say you're in Niagara Falls, Bob, so I think you're somewhere over yeah. there. You're definitely in Ontario. <laughs> yep. Yay. Okay, John, so Community Healing Circle, when does it happen? Once a month? First Friday of every month. I gather anywhere from 8 to 14 wellness practitioners of various modalities. We set up our tables or our tables in a, uh, a yoga studio, and we offer our services for three hours to the community. It's a ongoing fundraiser for several charities. And the next one coming up is next one coming up is next Friday, December the 1st. And uh, some create creative singer songwriter friend of mine named Heidi, I think is going to play. Yes. I'm honored. I'm honored. Uh, I'm going to come in, uh, do some, some singing and some tuning and some loving and some whatever else comes in. And, uh, always beneficial and loving uh yay and then yeah i'm looking forward to the entire experience i have i've only been once and it was at a different venue so i'm looking forward to this i don't Mm. live in austin for my listeners understanding why i haven't been more john and i get to circle up occasionally and do work together and it is profoundly awesome same as bob and i we get to circle up and we work with the international children's month and bob is running the global waves of love the next one is december Mm, 21st uh huh. 2017 at 1:11 p.m. in every time zone, in every heart. Please and thank you. Contribute your energy, your love, and your prayers to the global wave. And um, I guess in closing, John, what did you want people to hear in closing? Um, let me um, look at my notes here. I might actually have something. Um, well, actually, there is one thing I can share. And that is something that a lot of us may have heard or maybe want to hear sometime in our life. And that is, you are loved more than you could possibly know. And by a, by a, by a love, I mean a quality and experience, a vibration of love that is that kind of transcends any normal human love. It is more complete, more empowering, more totally saturating than probably anything you've ever experienced. And that is the reality. That is the real reality of our experience. And that's, that's an experience we can tap into. And Bob had that on the beach, that experience yes. that washed over him. He was, and I, and occasionally from time to time, I'll get that little gift from, um, from my angel guides. And I, it always tears me up. And then I remember that that's really our connection. That's how, mm-hmm. that's how, what we're connected with, what we're capable of, what our capacity is. We wouldn't have that experience if our nervous system wasn't designed to, to carry it and experience it and sustain it. So it's good to have those reminders now and then. You are loved more than you can possibly know. And that means a lot. Mm. That does mean so much. Wow. I love that. Thank you, John. Um, I have a little secret. <laughs> you have that a love, secret, okay. I have a little secret. 
And that love is where I feel like I function from all the time, except for when mm-hmm. there are people that come in, you know, that are trying to uproot it or negate it or move through it or do something to it. And even in those moments, I'm able to meet them where they are and just show them what they're, reflect back to them what they're doing. And then in the moment, I get right back to it, transmute it, transcend it, and flow through it. And I know every person is capable of that. And we're moving into more and more of that space as we grow. And uh, thank you for being a part of the new human to both of you. The new oh, human you. that exists thank in you. love. Thank Yay. <laughs> thank you for lighting the beacon. Yeah. yeah. Me too. <laughs> I love you guys. Aww, I, I love you guys so much. Love you too, Heidi. Love Deep you humble too, gratitude. Heidi. All right. We're gonna have to, we're gonna we're gonna have to use we're gonna have to use a nickname for you, Coleman, like the Coleman Lantern. Oh good heaven. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll just keep walking around and smiling at people and sharing heart okay. space as much as possible. Let it catch on like wildfire, yeah. If each one of us says that, we're gonna be in business in no time flat. Yay. Absolutely. So, I send okay. you much love. I thank you so much for your sharing your energy and your gifts with us today, John. Thank you. Thank, thank you for being our thank guest. Thank you. Thank you. And, and nice to meet you, Bob, Aww. over the phone. Oh, you're Yay. welcome. Thank you, John. We'll, we will stay connected, John. Believe me. Yes, we will. Oh, please. We, uh, we, we definitely yes. should. Okay. Yay. Friends now. Now, now forever, right. once again we meet. Yay. Okay, so everybody, you've been listening to One Love Rising on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heidi Little, and my co-host is Bob Challenger, and we have been talking and sharing with John Burgess today, ceremonial peace pipe and angel communicator. Please share out the radio. You never know who it's going to help. Love and support. In oneness, thank you so much. Here we grow. Bye, guys. Bye. Here we grow. Bye. Bye. Love you.